0: Good evening, Daniel's being filled with the Spirit, I love it, amen, Amen. we're going to talk about being, what happens when you're filled with the Spirit tonight, Galatians chapter 5 please, Galatians chapter 5, a little more of that should happen probably from some of you other Stoic Alaskans, right, that's really good, I was like, man, I want to sing some more verses now, thanks Daniel, that was good, that's right, you, you, you motivated me. Wake you up on a Wednesday night. Good to see you all here tonight. We still have several, several that are on uh, traveling, vacation, and so on. Um, but it's good to have all of you here tonight guests, visitors, and members alike. And we are going to continue tonight in our study through uh, Galatians. And so, Galatians chapter 5, please. And this section that we're covering, we've been in for some time, uh, but the Apostle Paul. Uh, starts this section really back in verse 13, which we'll go ahead and and read. I need to get myself together here and find my my notes. Let's go ahead and read, uh, beginning in verse 13, and the Bible says here, "...for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another." For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust of the, fle- for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would." But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And here we find in this portion of Scripture, the Apostle Paul really comparing what a life lived under the control of the flesh is going to look like and what a life that is lived under the control of the Spirit is going to look like. And we have been Uh, through uh, verses uh, 17 through 21 and we've been now for the last few weeks in verse 22 and we're considering each of these uh, in verse 22 in order as the word of God gives them the fruit of the spirit is what we've been considering and we've talked about uh, we've talked about love and joy and peace and long-suffering and tonight we're going to consider gentleness Let's pray and then we'll begin. Lord, I pray that you would help us tonight with the scriptures, and Lord, that you would instruct us. And Lord, I pray that we would have a mind uh, to examine our own life and in light of the Word of God and, and line up uh, and compare what we know to be true of us or how we live uh, in line it up with uh, the truth of God's Word and and Lord, to have a heart that says, Lord, would you speak to me tonight? And Lord, I pray that you would show me what manner of man I am. Lord, I desire to be like Christ. Lord, I yield myself to you. Lord, I pray that you would make me into the image of Christ and produce these, uh, the fruit of the Spirit in me that I might accurately represent and reflect Jesus Christ in this world and to my brethren. And Lord, I pray that you just teach us from your word and may our hearts and minds be engaged here. In Jesus' name, amen. When we consider this fruit of the Spirit, uh, we don't say fruits. We say fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Each of these we can break down individually, but uh, this is characteristic really of what what a Christian's life ought to look like, what it ought to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. And we're considering gentleness tonight. And if we were to put a definition to gentleness, it simply means this. It simply means kindness. And it's the the, the, the same Greek word in the New Testament that is used for gentleness is actually oftentimes translated as kindness in the New Testament. And it's been said, uh, a person's position on things is often not as offensive as a person's disposition about things in other words what that is talking about is you can take a position on one that is true or in a position in, of truth but your disposition about that uh can be off-putting uh because it's 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 it can sometimes come across as i'm better than you or uh it can come across as harsh without any kindness, and what I would say to you is the Lord Jesus Christ was ultimately truth because he's God, amen, but Jesus Christ was always kind, and the Bible tells us to speak truth, but to speak it in love, in position, the position you take on things sometimes is not even as offensive as your disposition about it, and, and the idea behind that is this, how we treat and act toward others can make all the difference in the world when it comes to actually speaking about truth or what we actually believe. I was reading some, as I was studying, I was just reading some commentary on Galatians 5.22. And one comment, commentary that I read uh, said this, Gentleness actually goes along with goodness. You see. That the very next fruit is goodness, and he said that these two go together, and we'll consider goodness next week, uh, Lord willing. But it 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 speaks of the quality of being upright and thoughtful in the way that we behave towards others, so as to be positively beneficial to them regarding truth. The quality, the third quality in this category, that of goodness. "...seems, at first glance, to be similar to gentleness." The words in Greek can, and in fact both, can be translated as goodness, but there's a subtle difference between them. The word translated as goodness speaks here of the moral impulse that seeks what God would want for someone else, or seeks what God would desire in a particular circumstance, while the word translated as gentleness or kindness refers more to the manner in which the goodness is sought after. Does that make sense? I, need to read, I won't read that again. But it, it's talking about the manner after which the goodness is sought after. Uh, I think if, if we were to take the time to think back, and uh, we probably could think of a person who we would consider to be a devoted Christian, who who would be earnest in their pursuit of God. They would be earnest in their pursuit of God's will for their life and for others as well, but who sometimes at the same time would fail to be gracious in the way that they go about pursuing the will of God for themselves or for others. And maybe they would mean well But sometimes they leave in their wake a lot of hurt and a lot of bitterness. And those kinds of people, although they would mean well and want to follow the Lord, are missing a particular quality or aspect behind that desire for doing right, and that is this quality of gentleness that the Lord himself certainly had. And so this commentary said these are twin qualities, kindness and goodness, and they're both very important to balance one another out. Goodness insists on that which is good, but kindness tempers the way in which such a pursuit is engaged so that people are actually blessed by that which is good or benefited or built up by that pursuit. Kindness without goodness could be something that is accommodating towards sin, maybe even a compromise. And yet goodness without kindness can end up being harsh and legalistic towards people. And what we need to say is, praise the Lord that the Holy Spirit of God produces both qualities in a person's life when they are under, control, under the control of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, We have examples of that in the Scriptures. Uh, You remember Daniel, where the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Remember that? Well, the Bible also says that even though Daniel purposed in his heart that he wouldn't do that, the Bible says that he still requested instead of demanded. And Daniel 1 in verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I think that's a good example of a commitment to truth, but also gentleness in the pursuit of it. Gentleness simply means kindness displayed in a sweet disposition. It means moral excellence in our demeanor. That's a good working definition of this character quality or fruit of the spirit of gentleness. Kindness displayed in a sweet disposition, moral excellence in demeanor. And that really applies to all areas of our relationships with other people. And so we're going to consider this tonight. And there's a few things that I want to draw out about gentleness And first of all, the first thought that I want to draw out here uh, is the same thought that we've drawn out with every single one of these so far. The first thought is gentleness originates with God. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness comes from God. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Every one of these that we would say is a fruit of the Spirit They are not only what God does, but they are what God is himself in his person. And gentleness or kindness, as it's defined, is God's character in action. I I think this is a powerful thought uh, when we consider it, because the Bible says much about God and his kindness. First of all, the Bible says that God is a God of great kindness. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 16, but they and our fathers dealt proudly. Now I want you to listen to the heart attitude of these people, and then I want you to understand God's response in spite of that, okay? But they and our fathers dealt proudly, and hardened their necks, and hearkened not to thy commandments, and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. What an unbelievable! response to rebellious hearts their attitude and their spirit they hardened their necks they hearken not to the commandments of the lord they refused to obey god they weren't mindful of his wonderful works they hardened their necks and in their rebellion toward god they did what they wanted to do you know what if that were if that was me dealing with somebody i'd be like i'm out do it your do it your own way Do your own thing. You're not going to listen. And I've tried over and over and over with you. Feel free. Go ahead. But the Bible says the Lord is not that way. The Lord was gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness in spite of their attitude. But you know what? I think the Lord is the very same way with you and me. Because I think there's lots of times when we have a stubbornness with the Lord that we don't even recognize or that we don't even see. And yet the Lord deals with us with great kindness. Amen? It's who God is. Gentleness originates with God. Gentleness is kindness. The Bible says that God is a God of everlasting kindness. Isaiah 54 and verse 8 The Bible says, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. God's kindness isn't ever going to run out. With everlasting kindness, He has mercy. The Bible says He's a God of merciful kindness. Psalm 117, 2, For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 119.76, Let, us, let us let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be a comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. talks about the merciful kindness of God being a comfort to the Lord's servant. What would we do without the merciful kindness of the Lord? When we failed, and we failed again, and we failed again, And God is mercifully kind. He's a God of marvelous kindness. Psalm 31, 21, Blessed be the Lord, for He hath showed me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. Turn over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And I want you to look with me in verse 35. Luke 6 and verse 35. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Jesus talks about the quality or the character of the Lord, how he is kind even to the unthankful and to the evil. God is a God of kindness, and as children of God, we should do as he has done. Jesus said, Be ye therefore merciful as your Father is. And you know that kind of a spirit. A spirit of kindness is going to be displayed if we are walking in the Spirit and have a Spirit-filled life. How hard is it to continually be kind to those who are unthankful? Those who despise you? Those who spitefully use you? Those who would murmur or talk about you? Those who would grumble and complain? How hard is it to continually be kind And have gentleness in your responses, and your actions with those kinds of people. It can't be done unless we're filled with the Spirit of God. What's our natural tendency? I think you know what our natural tendency is. So gentleness, first of all, originates with God. Secondly, gentleness and kindness is commanded of God for His people. Turn over to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1, and we're also going to look at Titus chapter 3, but I want you to look at Titus 1 and verse 5 first because the Apostle Paul is giving instructions to Titus how he's supposed to set some things in order in the churches. And Titus 1 and verse 5, he says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. And so Titus's job was to set some things in order that are wanting, that were lacking in in the churches and, and that people needed to understand. You get over to Titus chapter 3 and verse 1, and you find some of those things that he was to put in order. And Paul says, "...put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work." To speak evil of no man, to be no brawler but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And so what Titus was to teach was was these Christian duties, the instructions for the new man as opposed to the old man who doesn't respond that way. And you know what, there are a lot of things that could keep us from being gentle or being kind in our demeanor, in our disposition towards others. Maybe, it's, maybe pride wells up inside when somebody you know uh, is in disagreement with you and they're challenging you uh, or, or you're just at odds over something and pride wells up inside and our response wants to be a prideful one or an aggressive one rather than a gentle one. How many times have you seen that happen in people? You see their face start to turn red from here and it's just rising and going up and they're just about to blow. They're about to lose it. And their response is not one that is actually helpful. Even though it might be full of truth, it's not helpful anymore. Because now it's done in anger or done harshly and not gently. Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe it's greed. Or a host of other fleshly things that keep us from being gentle. And yet, this gentleness towards others is commanded of God that we treat others with gentleness and kindness with a sweet disposition. Look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and look at verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, that's a good lifestyle, his works, with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, Then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, verse 17 tells us that the wisdom that's from above, it's first pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, and it's easy to be entreated, and it's full of mercy. I want to talk just to just break a couple of these words down here, because James says that that the the right response or, or the wisdom that comes from God in the life of a believer is, first of all, pure. That word pure is a Greek word that means innocent, it means clean, and it's referencing our word and our deed. It's how we, how we speak to people and how we act toward people. It means it's pure, it's, it's clean, it's innocent. The wisdom that's from above, meaning that, that when we're filled with the Spirit or we're under the control of the Spirit, our responses in word and deed is going to be pure, innocent, clean. It deals with our motives. Our motive in word or deed should always be to glorify God and to build up others to whom we are speaking. And the application is pretty simple. We need to keep that in mind, that our motivation ought to be to glorify God and to build up others and to edify others to whom we are speaking. We need to keep that in mind, especially when disagreements come along because they're going to come along right because we're sinful people right disagreements are definitely going to come along it's easy to want to win an argument it's easy to want to make our point it's easy to want to get other people to see it from my perspective those are easy things to do but you know what Even when we're right in a position that we hold, we can actually destroy another person that we're in disagreement with by the way we go about it. Or we want to prove that we're right so that we will look good. I was the one who was right. But all along, we can excuse our pride in that situation by telling ourselves, well, I'm just contending for what's right. We need to contend for what's right. But the Spirit of God produces both qualities in the life of a believer who is under the control of the Holy Spirit. It also says that the wisdom that's from above is peaceable. It's peaceable. Not only is it pure and innocent, referring to word or deed, but it's also peaceable. It's a word that means to pacify. Seeking peace in relationships, not at the expense of truth, certainly. But seeking peace in relationships is not a minor theme in the Bible. We've talked about it a lot. You can't have unity without peace, but you can have you can't really you can't really have peace without agreement and truth too. They always go hand in hand together. But it also says that it's gentle. It's peaceable. It's gentle. One preacher said this. He gave some insight into this thought. He said that the man with this quality of gentleness knows how to forgive when strict justice gives him perfect, the perfect right to condemn. He knows how to temper Justice with mercy. That is what the Lord expects of His children. But we can't find that or get there without being under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. So we see that it originates from God. We see that gentleness or kindness is commanded of God. Let's just take a few minutes and consider some areas where gentleness or kindness is required. What does gentleness do? Gentleness is not just a word. It's an action. Gentleness can be demonstrated in the way that we live. And oftentimes, and most of the time, it's demonstrated in the way that we interact with other people. So what are some areas where gentleness or kindness is required? Well, we can look to the scriptures for that. Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 32, you probably know this verse, but why don't you turn over there? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, and we find an area where gentleness or kindness is required in this life. Ephesians 4:32 says, And be ye kind, one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We find that Gentleness is demonstrated or required in this area of forgiveness towards others. It says, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. You know what? We can be harsh and we can be unforgiving over offenses. Especially in close relationships like a marriage relationship, for example, or a deep friendship or relationships inside of a New Testament church. A lot of times it looks like this. You have some sort of a disagreement and things from the past kind of keep getting brought back up. Won't let go of offenses of the past. You just won't let them go. Uh, we're to be forgiving one another and genuine forgiveness doesn't keep bringing up offenses of the past. Or we can look around and we're like, well, that person, they did this. That might have been 10 years ago. It might have been nine or... Uh, years ago it might have been however many years ago but i remember this person did that in an issue that really doesn't matter a hill of beans in the big picture is just held on to and it's still there and it's still remembered and sometimes it's even still brought up but the bible says to be kind one to another to be tender-hearted and forgiving one another in First Corinthians chapter 13. If you turn over there, we call this the love chapter. First Corinthians chapter thirteen describes what godly love actually looks like. And we could read through this passage, but we find in verse four that charity or love suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. We find here that genuine love or godly love, which is commanded, is kind. It's kind. It's gentle. We can find several other examples in the scriptures uh, of where gentleness is required in the life, one of which is how we speak to other people. The Bible says of, of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 and verse 26 that she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. In her tongue is the law of kindness. How she speaks to other people is kind, it's nice. You know what? Snide comments or retaliating comments, firing back when you feel someone has slighted you. Those are not reflections of the Spirit of God in control. I think we've all been there where our tongue has not been yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. Um, I know I've been there. Those snide comments or those snarky comments, those many times passive-aggressive comments that come from an attitude down in the heart, Those are not reflections of of the Spirit of God in control of our tongue. And these are just some of the areas where the Word of God shows us where this fruit or character quality of kindness or gentleness is required. You say, really, what is gentleness? Well, biblically, it's the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. According to James 3, verse 17, it's part of godly wisdom. But kindness displayed is a fruit from a spirit-filled life. You know, there's a lot of people who can put on a play. They can act the part of gentleness for a moment. They can come across as charming. They can come across as meek and gentle and Kind, but eventually they show their true character because it's something that only the Spirit of God produces in the life of a believer. And if we would seek to live a Spirit-filled life, then this godly quality of gentleness towards others is going to be displayed in our life. Those personal conflicts can be greatly minimized. Relationships could blossom and grow, And you know what? The devil doesn't get nearly as much victory over your life or my life and disrupt the work of God in us. This idea of gentleness towards others looks so different than what the flesh looks like. What does the flesh look like? Well, in our text we saw it in Galatians 5. you turn back over there let's just take a quick look at it again and I'll close it looks so different than what the flesh looks like in Galatians 5 and verse 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness but notice this idolatry witchcraft hatred we're talking about how we respond and react and relate towards other people. Hatred, that means opposition or hostility towards others. Variance, that's a flesh, a work of the flesh. That means quarreling and arguing. Emulations, wrath. Wrath means to be angry to the point of breathing hard. Strife, that means factions and contentions often because it's not my way, so there's some contention. Envyings, that's jealousy and spite. Seditions, disunion, division. Those are the works of the flesh. That's what that looks like. But the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, kindness. And so the question is, as we close, is what best describes your disposition how do you relate to others is it does it look more like the flesh that's described here or is it under the control of the Holy Spirit love peace long-suffering gentleness kindness amen God desires this in his children it all depends on how we yield ourselves to Him. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I think it's a good idea for us to do some self-examination. Line up your life. What is your day-to-day life like? What does it look like when in your relationships, how you relate and respond to people? What does that actually look like? Because that's the test. That's the litmus test of whether or not we are filled with the Spirit under the control of the Spirit or our flesh is controlling us. And that can be moment to moment. We need to continually yield to the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would challenge us with these thoughts here tonight. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. It's of God. That's who you are. You're God of great kindness. You're God of everlasting kindness. And when we don't respond well and we're in rebellion or uh, stiff-necked toward you yet you still respond with kindness because that's who you are and lord we as sinful people could never attain that not of ourselves not in our flesh but with the power of the spirit of god walking in the spirit of god you transform our life, you sanctify us, and you mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. And Lord, may our prayer be that we as the years go by, as we uh, the longer we're saved, the more that we walk with the Lord, may our prayer be the Lord may, may may I look more and more like Jesus Christ. And we may not be perfect in some of these areas. We're not going to be, but May we be growing and advancing. May we be different than what we used to be. And the way I used to respond, and it's not the same as it is today, by the grace of God. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be humble of mind and heart tonight, to take your word as it is in truth, not the words of men. Lord, may our response to you and to your word be humble tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.